if your goal is to purely be the best for your own glory and for your own sake, then you have to inevitably compare yourself to other people. You have to be envious of other people. You have to be. Because being the best for your own sake means that you have to be better than them. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Emmanuel Heke, episode 136. And yeah, hope you guys had an amazing week. I'm not going to lie. Last week was tough. Um, you know, it's actually been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of death in my life recently. Um, thankfully, you know, I guess I can't say it's you know direct family, but nevertheless, it's still uh, you know in relation to me and my church. And you know, it's definitely been a time of grieving and mourning. I'd appreciate some prayer in that, just for my church and for um, you know families that have been affected. I'd, I would appreciate that. But nevertheless, you know, God is good. Um, I have made the decision to follow Christ. And I recognize that, you know, that doesn't mean that life is perfect. But, you know, even furthermore, what's amazing and joyful about that is, you know, that this is not the end. You know what I'm saying? Like this, our life on this earth is not our hope. Our hope is not to live forever on this earth. This earth is ghetto. So at some point, we all got to leave, right? And um, I'm just thankful for the people who did pass we will see them again and um yeah that's our hope but yeah i'd appreciate some prayer in that but nevertheless you know we're gonna get to this episode before we get to the episode of course we have our announcements Woo! i like having announcements i feel like it's sunday morning um but yeah first announcement is really what it is you know our only announcement is really what it is like i said march 7th monday march 7th at 5 30 p.m pacific time we will be having our first ever unassociated Bible study. It's live. It's virtual. We're going to be on Google Meets. There's going to be a sign up for this Bible study. We want to make sure we keep it controlled. Uh, we're just going to be a sign up for this Bible study. Um, you're going to be able to access that sign up through the link in our bio on Instagram. Um, I'll try to put it on TikTok. Sometimes I forget to put things on TikTok, but I'll try my best to put it on TikTok. But worst comes to worst, you don't go to www.unnaturalassociated.com and it's going to be there. You're going to be able to see it on our homepage. Sign up. And you know what I'm saying? We'll send you the link and come March 7th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to have our first Bible study. It's going to be an intimate, you know, cool time for us to learn and for us to have that community. And I, and I really want to, we really want to, the team really wants to see you guys and, you know, grow, grow in Christ alongside you guys. And secondly, of course, Unassociated is a religious nonprofit. At any point in this episode or any point in time where you feel led to sow a seed into this ministry, we welcome that. Um, if you would like to donate to this ministry, you can go to www.unnaturalassociated.com slash donate. Um, or you can, you know, the link is in the bio here on YouTube. And yeah. Really, really, really would appreciate that. Last but not least, if you're watching on YouTube, can you please, if you can at any point, like and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, you know, really supports the channel, really helps us to get more visible for other people who might need to hear something like this. Well, we're going to get straight into it today. Um, no lollygagging. Today, we're going to be talking about envy. 
All right. I have actually been sitting on this message for the past couple of weeks, but we had to get through the whole Valentine's Day thing. And, I, and I'm happy that you guys enjoyed that seemingly. Um, but yeah, I've been sitting on this message for the past couple of weeks and it's been itching because this this is really relevant. It's a really relevant topic to me. Um, envy has definitely been a part of my life, especially growing up as a prideful and insecure individual. You're always looking at other people and comparing yourself to other people. And a lot of the time, the pride in you causes you to want to be better than them. And we're going to talk about envy today. Um, and let me tell you something. Envy is not something that I like to talk about. I don't like to talk about me being envious of another person because, like I said, I'm a prideful human being. I feel like when you admit that you are envious of someone, then you are essentially admitting that they're better than you. Right. And, you know, I, I don't like to talk about this, but nevertheless, we confess our sins to one another, don't we? But ultimately, what I want to offer today or what I believe God wants to offer today is help for you to defeat envy um, that you have in your heart. Let's start with defining what envy is. I searched the Web for two definitions. I ultimately think that they're kind of saying the same thing. But, you know, I just put these two up here anyways. So the first definition of envy is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities or luck. All right. Um, definition number two. Excuse me. Sorry, I had to burp. Um, definition number two. Desire to have a quality possession or other desirable attribute belonging to someone else. And I think with both of these definitions, we can see a common denominator here, which is you desiring something that someone else has. And I think when we look at our own lives, we have developed our own connotative meaning around envy for it to be very negative. It's, it's very much done out of spitefulness, and it is very, very, very dangerous. As for myself, like I said, I don't like to admit that I'm envious or I've, I've been an envious person in my life. But nevertheless, you know, you guys are no stranger to hearing how I have struggled with sin throughout my entire life. Um, like I said, I've, I've been very prideful at times of my life. Um, I've compared myself to other people. I've been envious of many different people for many different things. Um, I've been envious of other men who I felt were more gifted at sports than I was. If you guys know anything about my story... I played football for some time in middle school. Wasn't a good idea. I'm just not built for that. I played basketball. I was better at basketball than I was with football. And even basketball links to my like coming to faith story. But still wasn't that good. So there's a lot of envy when it came to my sports career. There's a lot of envy, obviously, when it comes to, you know, seeing guys that attract more women than I do. That's been, you know, that's rooted in both pride and lust. I've been envious of other people because of the fame and the attention that they get. I've been envious of other people like who were little sinners exploiting other people because they became rich. You know, a lot of rich people these days are rich because they have in some way have some type of exploitative practices. And um, I, I, I sometimes am envious of them because I would like to be very rich and explore the world and eat many different types of foods. And I think the most embarrassing thing that I've been envious of is other believers and other Christians. And this is where it kind of gets like I get uncomfortable talking about this topic because like 
I genuinely think that this makes me look very bad. But I'm going to be real with you, man. I've been envious of other Christian platforms in my life before, especially after starting, you know, unassociated. You can be um, jealous. I'm sorry, not jealous, envious of other Christian platforms, Christian preachers, all that different stuff. And I can be real with myself, you know, like because there was a point in time where I wanted unassociated to be the place where people get closer to God. And, you know, you lose sight of the reason why you're doing something. And then you start to compare yourself to other platforms. You say, oh, how come they got such a big following? How come, you know, we, we're we not doing this or we're not doing that like like this these ministries are? And, and I'm telling you, it's it's a real thing. And, and I feel like I'm tarnishing my image. But, you know, I've, I've definitely have felt envious of other believers, of other preachers or pastors, whatever, or other Christian platforms. I have. And it's not something that I'm proud of. And I can definitely say that by the grace of God, I am in a much, much better place than I was before. And and I'm thankful for that. And that makes me a bit more comfortable with confessing such things that, you know, I, I well, for reasons that I'm going to get to in this episode, um, envy, I believe envy is, I mean, maybe it's too early to say that I've completely gotten over the concept of envy, but this message that I'm going to talk about today has truly made its mark on my life. Ultimately, envy is a sinful thing. Envy is something that kills. And honestly, I think it's the perfect example of how our sinful nature causes us to rebel against God and hate other people. So let's go to the first case of envy that we see in the Bible. And we have heard this story, uh, you know, a million times. It's probably one of the first, you know, stories that we ever heard in, in Sunday school when we were little kids or you know, when someone started first talking to you about God and the Bible and stuff, you've heard the story of Cain and Abel. So we're actually going to read the story of Cain and Abel, at least a part of it. Um, and this is Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she, came, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Verse 6 Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Verse 8. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of this word in Jesus' name. God, help us to understand and help us to grab what you want us to grab from this episode in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The story of Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel out of envy. I would say 
They both have their offerings and they present it to God, but God shows favor to Abel and his offering, but not to Cain and his offering. Cain gets mad and kills his brother. Why? Why, why does God accept one offering and not the other? It doesn't explicitly say it there. Um, you know, we have our ideas. You know, maybe because Abel meant it from the heart and Cain didn't mean it from the heart. Maybe because Cain had the wrong intentions in his heart, maybe prideful intentions in his heart. But one thing stood out to me when I was reading this, because this was like one of the first times like I read it because we had to read we have to read Genesis for uh, my class and everything. So this is one of the first times that I actually read uh, that I actually read, uh, you know, the actual story of Cain and Abel and something really stood out to me. And it was God's like I, I didn't know that God had a conversation with Cain before Cain actually decided to go out. And kill Abel, which was very interesting to me. And I'm going to read verse 6 and 7 again, because this is what God said to Cain before he was about to kill Abel. He said, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. This is God warning Cain. He told him, Hey, do what's right, and you're going to be accepted. But if you don't do what's right, Sin is crouching at your door and it's trying, it desires you, but you have to rule over it. We see that envy, I believe, is a doorway to sin. Envy is a doorway to sin. Every day that you wake up, and it's not the only doorway, right? Every day that you wake up, your sinful nature claws at the opportunity to rule over you claws at the opportunity to get you to rebel against god we have this battle between the spirit and the flesh and the flesh our sinful nature wants us to to succumb to it it wants to rule over us and the way that we are able to rule over sin is by doing what is right which is following god but when we don't do what is right sin will inevitably rule over us that is how it works the only way to rule over sin the only way to conquer sin is to follow god is to obey god is to concern ourselves with the things that god is concerned with this this message even translates to the new testament as we christians live a life following the influence and convictions of the Holy Spirit. And it's when we do not follow the influence and convictions of the Holy Spirit, we find ourselves inevitably living a life in rebellion to God. But something else stood out to me, man, I tell you. And it's the question that God asked Cain to begin with. And, and when God said, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? This is the part, all right? This is the part that changed. This is the part that really hit it home for me. God asked this question. If you do right, will you not be accepted? Because something's revealed in this dialogue right here, ladies and gentlemen. What's revealed in this dialogue is the solution to the issue at hand. The issue at hand is that Cain offered a offering to God and him and his offering was not accepted. So then what God does is he gives Cain the roadmap. He gives Cain the solution. If you do what is right, then you will be accepted. That's what God did. 
Giving that solution also tells us then that should have been Cain's goal. The goal is to be accepted in the sight of God. And you do that by doing what is right. Here's the roadmap, Cain. Follow this and everything will be you're, you're angry. What you're angry about not being accepted. Well, this is how you be accepted. Do what's right. But here's where and I'm going to say that this is my opinion. All right. Here's where I think Cain had it messed up is because Cain. And I think this is evident in the fact that he killed his brother. I don't think that Cain was concerned with being accepted in the eyes of God. I don't think he was concerned with his offering being accepted or his lifestyle being accepted. Because if that were the case, he would have accepted the roadmap to the solution that God offered him. Do what's right and you will be accepted. But instead, he goes to kill his brother. And I can't help but think that Cain's concern was not about being accepted by God, but was about being the better brother. That's my opinion. That's my take. It wasn't about being accepted or living a life that was acceptable in the sight of God. It was about being the best brother hmm. and ultimately this brings us to the overarching message that I want to bring forth in this episode aiming to be the best is not the same thing as aiming to live an acceptable life in the sight of God it is not the same thing And it is purely, it is when we purely aim to be the best that we welcome unhealthy comparison and envy into our lives. And the reality is when unhealthy comparison and envy is cultivated in our lives, it inevitably leads to us hating one another. And when we hate one another and when we act on that hatred of one another, we are in rebellion against God. But let's break it down. Because you might tell yourself, okay, what, Emmanuel, so you're going to tell me that my drive to be the best is sinful? Well, it depends. You see, we were raised, many of us, I'm Nigerian, right? So I, we were raised to be the best. <laughs> the best! Like, we, that's our goal. Our goal in life you know, growing up, and you don't have to be Nigerian, but like, you know, a lot of us, our parents want us to be the best, aim to be the best, be the top of your class, be the best athlete, be the best at what you do, aim to be the best. That is what we preach to ourselves. And honestly, in, in, in the purity of it, I don't think that that's bad. But then, you know, you get to this idea where it's just like, all right, everything I do, I got to put my best foot forward, because that makes sense, right? Well, you know, it does it. Does it always make sense? You say, well, I got to put my best foot forward because God says that, you know, in everything that you do, do it to the glory of God. Of course, if I'm doing something to the glory of God, then I'm going to do my best. Right. But there's what this is. This is where the miscommunication lies, because just because you're doing your best for something, you're putting your best foot forward does not inherently mean that you are doing it for the glory of God. And sometimes we convince ourselves that the reason why we're working so hard towards a goal is because we want to glorify God. No, it's not. Stop lying. The reason why you're working towards this goal and the reason why you're trying to be the best at what you do is 
for the glory of you, not for the glory of God. And that's where the problem is. That's your concern with being the best, not concern with being acceptable in the sight of God. And then it hits you that your entire work ethic and your entire drive to be the best does not stem from God. It stems or glorifying God. It stems from it all being about you. It's rooted in your sinful nature to want to exalt yourself. Self-exaltation. <sighs> Man. You want to exalt yourself, and that's why you're envious. That's why we are envious. Because we want to be the best. And we want to be the best not to glorify God. We want to be the best for our own sake. And here's the problem with that. If your goal is to purely be the best for your own glory and for your own sake, then you have to inevitably compare yourself to other people. You have to be envious of other people. You have to be. Because being the best for your own sake means that you have to be better than them. Being the best has to be in relation to something that is worse. Are you are you catching me now? Like are, you, are you, is this starting to make sense to you? If you want to be the best for your own sake, then that means you have to be better than other people. And guess what? Man, how are you supposed to glory in your talents, right? If someone who has the same talents that you do is accomplishing more than you. How are you supposed to glory in being a great singer if there's another singer who has the record deal and you don't? How are you supposed to glory in being the best athlete when the next guy has the D1 scholarship and you don't? How are you supposed to glory in these things? You get rid of them. Get rid of the competition. You either consume yourself with being better than the competition, so you're missing the mark because you're not thinking about glorifying God, or you go as far to get rid of the competition like Cain did to Abel. Or maybe you don't kill anybody, but you spread rumors about that person, you gossip about that person, you speak down on that person's name. Maybe it's not that 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 powerful maybe it's more subtle like in my case where you purposefully avoid liking their pictures maybe you mute them all together on social media because oh it pains you so much to see them winning because you're envious man and you're envious because you're prideful you're envious because you as somewhere along the line you started to convince yourself that this life was about you and about you being the best. When it's not about you being the best. It's about you being accepted in the eyes of God. And living a life that is worthy of the calling. It's about doing what he asked you to do. It's about following his will in your life. You realize that when your intention is to live a life that is acceptable in the eyes of God. There's no competition. There's no envying. It's just you and God. 
There's no unhealthy comparison. If there's any comparison, it's the comparison that leads to construction. I'm sorry, to correction and instruction, right? Because you see somebody, okay, they're living a godly life. My life ought to be godly as well. So let me apply that as instruction and correction to what I'm doing. That's different. That's a, that's a healthy type of comparison, I would say. But um, living a life when you're concerned is to live a life that is acceptable in the sight of God. It's about just following God. What that looks like is being faithful to what he called you to, even if you're not getting the praise that you want. It looks like being humble. It looks like loving others as you love yourself because that's a commandment. It looks like being concerned with the kingdom of God and not the riches of this world. It looks like being led by the Holy Spirit. It looks by rooting for others and not trying to pull them down instead. It looks like killing gossip rather than cultivating it. It looks like esteeming others more than yourself. Philippians 2 verse 1. Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. This is the hard part. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Oh, man. That's a hard one. I don't know. I have to, other versions say, esteem others more than myself. I have to value others more than myself. And be, you know, do understand this. It's, this. This does not mean that in your head you have to think of yourself as worth less than others. Obviously, Jesus died for us all. That is the root of our worth, right? But it does mean that we should not be doing things for our own selfish, you know, uh, what is it called? Uh, our selfish desires, our selfish ambition or our vain conceit, but it does look like rooting for other people. Being be happy. Can you be happy when somebody else gets a blessing that you wanted? Can you be happy when somebody else is at the level that you want and you just actually clap for them, genuinely clap for them, and don't clap for them because you think that you're next, but clap for them because you genuinely are happy for them? If you know that somebody else needs this position more than you, can you actually say, you know what, I'd rather recommend this sister or this brother because they've been killing it. It's hard for us to do that. It really is. And I think recognizing why that's so hard actually brings us to a different side of this entire conversation where a lot of us, the reason why we um, want so much to be the best is because we have found out that, you know what I'm saying, or let me see how I can say this. A lot of us, the reason why we are chasing after being the best actually roots from a place of us wrongfully identifying ourselves with our gifts and thinking that our worth comes from our gifts and our worth comes from our talents. So if you think that your worth and your identity is rooted in your talents and in your gifts rather than in Christ, then guess what? You're going to base your value as a human being on comparing your talents and the accomplishments that you acquire with your talents to other people and then we get into this envious world again and then you hate them again right man 
And I guess, you know, this is kind of deviating, but that's why it's so important to know that your worth is rooted in the fact that Jesus Christ died for you. He died for you, yo. I'm telling you, man. That's how you know you're worth something. That God came in the flesh and died for you, for you. Man. I challenge you, live a life that is acceptable to God. Let that be your aim. Take a break from wanting to be the best at everything. And concern yourself with the things that God is putting in front of you. Because I tell you, man, comparing yourself to others and being envious of others, man, it is, it is so terrible that it even takes, it takes away from the work that you are doing for the kingdom. Did you know that? Not to mention that, I forgot where it says in the Bible, but envying people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh-oh. Yeah, it says it. Living a life that is acceptable to God leads to loving one another. While living a life just trying to be the best leads to hating one another. Um, don't be like Cain. The next time you you stumble upon someone that you have been envious of, ask yourself this question. Am I living a life that is acceptable in the eyes of God? And if your answer is yes to that question, I truly hope that you find yourself content. But in the event that you do not find yourself content, I want you to really sit down and analyze the reasons why you're envious of that person and find out if any of those reasons relate to God. I bet it won't. I bet it won't. Do not let envy consume you. Envy is deceptive. Envy is dangerous. Just for the fact that it is so dangerous and it can lead to so much hatred, please, please, please do not play with it. I would even go as far as to say if you're envious of someone, you want to know something, go and confess it to them. Oh, man, I know. I know. I know. I've done it. It's very, it's very, um, very humbling. But do it because it's freeing at the same time. I'm done. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this episode. Thank you so much for this message. And I pray that it truly touches your children as you help us, Father God, to really understand and really make it our aim to serve you and live a life that is acceptable to you, to walk worthy of the of the calling that you placed on our lives. Understand that none of this is a competition, Lord, and help us to put our pride to the side, our lust to the side, Father God. And to just serve you, Lord, and, and be used by you in whatever capacity that you call us to. Because we realize that we're not in it for our own vain glory, for our own selfish ambition. But God, we're in it to serve you and be acceptable in your sight, Father God. So let your name be glorified in our lives, oh God. Let your name be glorified in our lives. Not our name, your name. Let your name increase and our name decrease, Father. For any of us that have true trouble with that, Father, I just pray that you help them and show them the way, Father. 
This episode is just maybe the catalyst for them, Father God, for you to really um, do do the work that you want to do in their lives, oh God. So I pray that you help them have an open heart, open mind, open ears, open eyes, Father, to follow you, to hear from you, um, and to be molded and grown by you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys every single week. March 7th, uh, which is Monday, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time, Bible study. I was that two weeks away. I'm very excited to see you guys there. Love you guys. Have a great week. Peace.